This is Oh Yeah, That's Great. And today we're going over the Billboard 100 list from 1946 to 1984, which is crazy that 1946 to 1984 is the same as 1984 to now. Oh, it is? 40 years. A little about, well, that's 38 years. Actually, 1984 to now is longer than 1946 to 1984. Oh, that's nuts. That's crazy. It's crazy that 1984 was 40 years ago. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's also kind of like moderately depressing. Yeah, super depressing. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Cody. That's Bill. I'm right here. This is a show where we talk about the music we love. Spotify premium listeners can listen to the entirety of the songs that we choose. Non-premium members get a 30-second tease. And if you want to listen to the podcast with no music, uh, hop on out of this file. Yeah, get right out. Well, I guess it's the same. The intro is the same in both podcasts. but Nothing's different. If you're listening to Oh Yeah, That's Great, then you're going to hear the music on Spotify. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to OYTG Remix, Oh Yeah, That's Great Remix then you're not going to hear any music. Yeah. Lucky you. But you still <laughs> yeah. you still get us. I think in this case the songs are they're you know, they're good. Everybody's going to this is hard like no this, matter what we chose. This will be a popular. I mean everybody's going to like oh I see why that cuz yeah. cuz we didn't really choose anything weird. This is right. all 100% pop. Exactly. So well I mean some of it's country and some of it's R&B. Yeah, but it's popular country. Popular. Popular everything. Everything's right. very popular here. Yeah. Every song on here was very popular. That's the whole point of the show this week. <laughs> uh, you can go to super75studios.com slash podcast and link to wherever the podcast is available in whatever format you want to listen to it. And if you want to contact us, you can email us at oytgpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at oytgpod. Uh, we do have some uh, business to take care of at the beginning of this episode because really? we, haven't, we haven't recorded in a month. So we've got some emails. Okay. Uh, we've got some other stuff. Let me find it here in my notes. All right. I'm I love how like I'm getting this information at the yeah, exact same time as a listener. It's good, good planning here. Uh, <laughs> John, my favorite feller, emailed us a Korean taco recipe that I need to forward to you. Okay. Because we're always talking about people sending us recipes. I don't know how and that someone started. Someone finally did it. Someone did it. Wow. I don't know why I started saying that. But... Well, because we had the pancake recipe. Yeah. Last week we had mint julep or a couple weeks ago. Last, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, we're a cooking and music episode, apparently. Uh, but he also said uh, he's loving Different Class. He didn't really know the album until he listened to it on this uh, ep the first episode of this season. Oh, and he's like, he's obsessed with Different Class right now. Once you start listening to it, man, it gets it just it gets in there. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an earwig you can't can't quite get rid of. Yeah, more more to learn every listen. Right, uh, and Andrew Mealy writes. Andrew Mealy. I immersed myself into every episode this last week, starting at the end of December, and it's been great. I deliberately held off reaching out until I had finished every episode. There's a lot to listen to, but it was great to listen to each unique episode and being able to jump in with any episode without having the need to listen to the previous one. Lots of new music and new albums that never would have crossed my playlist. Uh, and he said, discovering Bill still likes the Flaming Lips made him pull out a poster he, he has that you gave him. So who is Andrew Neely to you, Bill? He's a student of mine, back from a long time ago, like 20 years ago. I think probably like 2003, 4, something like that. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I had him in fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. So I remember his class. 
Yeah. And, and you guys did something regarding the flaming lips? Like yeah, that was like, yeah, they, I had, for some reason, the flaming lips had sent me a lithograph poster, like a really nice one, like higher quality than normal. And uh, they were coming to town. They were playing at Gamage with Beck. So I had, I, I was thinking about them a lot and I was really into, um, it wasn't the soft bulletin. It was Yoshimi Battles of the Pink Robots. So I played that album for my class and I said, hey, as you listen to this album, I want you to just sort of think about the themes and the characters and the ideas and try to write a story that would fit with this album. So they all did that. And then I, I took those uh, like short stories, essentially poems, and I gave them to the Flaming Lips that night when we saw him or the night when we did go see him. Excellent. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So Andrew still has the, he must have won whatever. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't remember the situation where he got that, but that is right. so cool that he still has it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He's a great guy. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a good he dude. A, I'm sure, you know, he was a really, really cool kid. So he's probably an amazing man. Yeah. Excellent. He would, he'd be like 30 now. Yeah, I guess. Holy smokes. Yeah, because uh, my son started kindergarten in 2003. So if you were teaching 10-year-olds or 8 yeah. or 9-year-olds in 2003, yeah, he would be he'd be like 30. Wow. Holy wow. Smokes. Still very young. Yeah, yeah young. Your whole life ahead of you, Andrew. Whole life. Yeah. All right. So today we're doing um, – I, I just thought – I don't know why I thought this would be fun. I, it's actually – this was the least amount of fun I've ever had researching for any of our episodes. D- doing the billboard? Yeah. Okay. So we looked at a list This of, is all you too. It was your idea. Yeah, I know. I just thought it would be like something easy and fun. Yeah. I kind of thought but, it was fun. But also like popular music, we should probably play some of that if we want to increase our readership <laughs> or our listenership. Okay. I'll say that I had – I did have fun doing this. Like okay. I didn't have – I, you know, I've been busy lately, so it was neat to have a list of songs to choose from. That was different. Right. And then I, I was surprised at how few of the songs I actually knew. Right, yeah. So I ha- I was like going through and kind of like listening, 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 and I made a playlist of each genre because we, we did the pop, country, and R&B. Right. And yeah, then that, was, that became very fun to listen to those. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, like I grew up listening to the radio, but obviously I didn't start listening to the radio until like 1982 and yeah. we cut off in 1984. Yeah. So a lot of the oldies I knew because my parents would play them. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some stuff I didn't know uh, that – and you know, and like I said, I think I told you before we started recording, one of these songs I had never heard of until I looked at this list and I just thought like, oh, well, I'll talk about it when we get to that okay. one. But so yeah, what we did, uh, listener, was we pulled up a list of Billboard's 100s. Uh, number one, you know, song single of the year, basically, mm-hmm. and uh, we broke it in half. So this this episode is 1946 to 1984, and some somewhere down the road we'll do 1984 to current. Um, but yeah, that's where we started. So uh, do you want to go first? Or? Sure. Yeah. Right. So I was I was looking and immediately I what? Sorry. Go ahead. Before I say what you before we figure out who should go first. All right. Who has the earliest track? And we'll go in chronological oh, that's a good order. Idea. So my first track is uh, 1959. So's mine. Ooh. Uh-oh. There's only two options for 1959. Wow. What did you choose, Cody? I chose Stagger Lee. <laughs> Me too. Oh, excellent. Oh, man. That's yeah. great. <laughs> that's great. Whoa. Yeah. Well, why don't you talk about it? And then if any of my notes uh, don't overlap yours, then I'll talk about it. Okay. So I had never heard this song, but I've heard the, the name Stagger Lee a thousand times yeah, and I've it, heard other versions. We know, it, we know the Nick Cave version, which is not the same as this, but it's the same idea. Yeah. Thematically, right? it's the same. Yes. It's the same... Very similar. And, right. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking about the Nick Cave song. Like, that's like a horror movie. Right. <laughs> and I've listened to that a lot of times. And I, and I realize it's probably one of my favorite songs, but it's a weird song to have as a favorite song. So I, I wouldn't say like, what are your top 10 songs? That would never occur to me. Right. But as I was thinking about that song, like, I've listened to it a lot over the years. 
it's kind of like in the same way that I've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a lot of times in my life. It's not my favorite movie, but sometimes you're just in the mood for something like that. Yeah. And that song delivers. It's horrifying. So I'm like, oh, what's what's Staggerly? There was a band in New Jersey called Staggerly when okay. I was in high school. They were sort of like local heroes. Yeah, it's just a name that you've heard, but yeah. you're not quite sure where you've heard yeah. it from. The Grateful Dead play it. I'm like, oh, okay, what, what's Staggerly? Well, so I played the song because I was charging the electric car and I'm like listening to the tunes. And I'm like, ooh, this is great. It's a great song. Right. And it tells a story. So probably about the fifth time through listening, I listened to it like five times in a row. I was really feeling this one. I was like, this is definitely going on the list yeah. for sure. And it's a true story. It's a it's an account of a murder on Christmas, like in 1895 or something yep. like that. That's exactly some uh, a couple pimps are are having a tough time with each other. Guy steals his hat and he gets shot. Yeah, it's the murder about the murder of Billy Lyons by Stag Lee Shelton. Cool. God, what a cool name. <laughs> awesome. And Stetson hat gets stolen, <laughs> which is cool because I wore Stetson cologne. <laughs> I felt the kinship oh, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put it on. I could throw oh, it on. Yeah, no, that's okay. I might need it. I'm a little ripe. But mm. yeah, from 1959. And this was both the Hot 100 and the R&B number one. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. So, so I think there's only one other option, which would have been a country song. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny that we both pulled this. But it's like, it's when you go through the list, that name just stood out. And I was like, I got to listen to this song. Because yeah. I've never even heard of Lloyd Price before. I never heard of Lloyd Price either. Right. And it, he has some songs that, okay, oh, I've heard that song, you know. But yeah, he it's crazy. It just kind of starts off with this sort of the imagery. Right. And then it's, then the song's going, that saxophone comes in. And you're like, wow, this is fun. Yeah. And it's tragic. Yeah. Guy's like pleading for his life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So the the songs I thought we were going to double up on, we didn't. And then one that I never thought we would, we did. So uh, from 1959, this is Lloyd Price with Stagger Lee. Now we're moving on to 1971 for me. Uh, uh, I'm still in the 60s. So oh, I mean, okay. I think it's got to be my turn again. There you go. All right. Excellent. So, sorry, Cody. No. Since you jumped we probably, on my song. We probably should have planned this out off we, air. We probably should have talked. We, we established that we didn't pick the same songs in the 80s. And then we're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what do you got? All right. So I also was just so dis- – I, I kept feeling I hate the pop songs, especially the old pop songs. They're camping. They're, I think I, I part of the problem is – Rock and roll had I've to played, happen. I've played them to de- – I've listened to them my entire life. Like every – Every city has 1,500 oldies stations, yeah. and they play the same 500 songs. Yeah. So it's like – I'm like It actually was better back in the 80s because it, every every radio station wasn't owned by Clear Channel. So there was some variety. We had a great uh, station that we used to play in the market I worked at. And I heard so many great garage rock bands like Nuggets and stuff, Nuggets-type music. But this song, I also really never heard it very much. I've heard it once, once or twice. It was familiar, but it's – you know. But it was a number one pop hit and R&B song. Okay. So it did both. 1961, it's Bobby Lewis. It's called Tossin' and Turnin'. Oh, yeah. It's just a dance song. Tossin' and Turnin'. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, this is what you could put on. And there's a lull on the party. Let's throw this on. People are not going to be able to help themselves. They're going right. to shuffle their feet. Yeah. I just chose it because for this era in the 60s, right off the bat, I'm like, killer. Great tune. Yeah, I don't have any... Uh... I obviously don't have any notes it, on it. it. It's the uh, it's one of only six songs from the '60s to spend seven weeks uh, as an, at the number one position. Oh. So uh, for the entire 1960s, so it holds like a little bit of a prestige. oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I believe it was used in that movie Animal House. This song, 
Oh, okay. So uh, for all those guys that drink beer and like to you know run around like animals, the song <laughs> evidently soundtracks that too. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you live your life like Cody, but you're not wearing your toga. No. You know, but You wish. Like, sort of. All right. So from 1961, uh, who's Bobby Lewis? Bobby Lewis. Tossing, tossing and turning. Tossing and turning. All right, Bill. So you got another track from the '60s, and you said also from 1961. Yeah, same year. Yeah, yeah. sorry. That's fun. It's another. It was a stellar year you, for music. Yeah. You never have to apologize to me, Bill. Tossing and Turning was the number one pop song. Okay. Number one R&B song and the number one country song, Patsy Cline. I fall to pieces. Yeah, I thought you might pull. That was a good year for music. 1961. You got um, you got Bradley Owen country standard essentially it's comes out like this song is a standard at this point right it was brand new in 1961 people heard it and probably were like blown away yeah it's crazy to think that this because i think of this music as like oldies music right yeah yeah three years later the beatles come to america right. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's such it seems like there should be like a 15 year gap between tossing and turning yeah and the beatles <laughs> and it, there's like a two and a half year gap yeah it's crazy yeah uh and and this song is kind of out of time for that when you think about the Beatles. I mean, I guess this seems really old compared to the Beatles. Right. But it, it, obviously it's not. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. So true. I never really thought of it like that. Yeah. Like um, Quantum Leap happened somewhere around like 63, 62. Totally. Did you ever see that movie about Patsy Cline? I think it was like a made-for-TV movie. Mm, no. Uh, she was a tragic figure. She got in like a car wreck and then and she, I think she died in a plane crash or something. Did she? I don't remember how she died. I feel like she's. I, I, I feel. I always felt like she's one of those those women who are probably taken advantage of a lot by the people around her. Oh, and I that don't was know. that was always that's always kind of a bummer when you listen to like cocaine and rhinestones and they talk about how like the female artists are just run over by the men. Right. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she was the the opposite of that. Well, in this case, she was kind of like a young singer. And uh, I did. I just looked up a little bit of stuff on it on Wikipedia, of course. Yeah. I don't know how accurate it is. Hundred percent. But um, Owen Bradley was trying to get uh, a couple singers, like some well-known, like a male singer, to sing it. He's like, "I'm not doing that. It's a woman's song," you know. And then um, he tried to get Brenda Lee. She turned it down. She thought it was too country. She was kind of going for that rocking thing at the time, that rockabilly thing, I guess. Maybe that's my guess. So Patsy Cline overhears some kind of conversation and is just like, "Well, let me try to sing it." And then they do. And I guess evidently this is the fourth take. So they record this song and uh, they were trying to mess around with it because it's a very standard drum beat and stuff. They were thinking they wanted to make something, something a little more exciting and nothing was working. They finally just decide this is the way we're going to do it. She sings it a couple times. The fourth track at the end, they said every man was crying and, and the producers like, that's the one. Right. And they just, and then sure enough. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is probably one of the most well-known country songs of all time totally but it's uh it's great yeah that's all the pieces yeah 19- what a poetic title 1961 dang dang <laughs> it's like when tv went to color yeah between 1961 i know that it was it, it that didn't happen but that, in my mind that's how like the explosion of the british invasion right happening just a couple of years after like, wasn't even rock and roll, really. I mean, I guess Elvis had some hits in the 50s, right? Like, wasn't Elvis around in, like, oh, the yeah, late he's 50s? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's So, there 50s. was rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty much uh, the guy until the Beatles showed right. up. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it is. That's it, crazy to think about, too, that, too. Six years after Elvis is the biggest artist in the world, the Beatles show up. Yeah. And then, well, and think, to me, they seem like two differently gen- different generations of musicians. You, I feel like the 60s must have been 
I mean, who knows? But it seems like seismic changes every day. Yeah. Because you've got 1961 is what we were just listening to. Then you have the Beatles show up. And the Beatles show up dressed nice. Like It was outrageous because they had long hair. But right. they were kind of dressed up in suits and matching outfits. Yeah, and their songs were easy, very... Easily digestible music. Bubblegum. Right. right? Bubblegum versions of... It was like the classic white guys singing. You know, their covers were of more, you know, stack singles type stuff. But, right. And then by the end, like five years There's after that, after that, five years after that, their hair's down to their ankles. They're, yeah, and it's Woodstock. Yeah, it's like uh, what sixties must have been. Crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe that's the same like progression between like 2000 and 2010. Like in 2000, I didn't get my first email address until like 1999. Yeah, but by 2010, everyone on the planet had a cell phone. True. Yeah, yeah. I think the iPhone must have. Yeah, since the iPhone came about, right. It's, so that that must have been what the '60s felt like for like our parents or something like that, you know, yeah. like just like insane changes. Uh, if I could choose, I would go to the '60s. That sounds like a cool time. <laughs> uh, all right, so you have a nut. Speaking of the '60s, you're still in it. I'm still in it. I'm I'm at 1966. Okay, and uh, it's, this is another R&B number, Sam and Dave. It's uh, it's a uh, Sam Moore uh, with the tenor, and then you have uh, Dave Prater or Pratter Prater. Uh, with a lower voice, baritone. It's uh, the song called Hold On, I'm Coming. Do you know I, that song? I, I played it. I almost pulled it. Oh, man. But I don't, again, I don't so remember So this anything. song is fun, too. They released it. It was originally, hold on, exclamation point, I'm coming, exclamation point, no G. And the radio stations were like, whoa, whoa, hold back, <laughs> partners. <laughs> We don't want to know. It's funny. Everyone's dirty all through history. Yeah. So they wouldn't play it. So they had to uh, re-record it real quick exactly the same and change the cover to hold on, comma, I'm coming. With, with a G. But that uh, still doesn't have a G. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It does have a G okay. now. Yeah. So you're right. So no exclamation There point. was a reason in my head why I held off on that G. Yeah. Right. They, no exclamation point. It's just straight. Hold on. I'm coming. Yeah. It's no longer hold on. <laughs> But uh, it, to Inf- me, I never yeah, inflection matters. I knew that you could take it that way, but I always heard it as uh, people are trying to leave the house, and you're like, "Hold on, I'm coming." I'm picturing like Deb Paulo. <laughs> come on, come on, Deb. And she's like, "Hold on, I'm coming." You know, I was pic- I'm picturing that. You're like standing outside, tapping your foot, like we're trying to go. Yeah, that's how I still interpret the song. Like I don't see just the randomly, double. Just randomly throwing Debbie under the bus. <laughs> oh, because I love Debbie. Yes. Yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, again, this is uh, – I'm i not that big into R&B. So, so, when we pulled this list, I actually mm-hmm. had tr- most trouble with R&B. Oh, opposite. I would have done only R&B. I could have done only R&B. Every R&B song was outstanding. I understand musically how great they are. But so it, much I just better. never like – I just oh, never got into it. The music is better. The song – the singing is better. The production is more interesting. It is – and when you take a song from the pop charts and then a song from the, the R&B charts in the same year, I can't even believe people were standing for the pop charts. Like it was so outrageously different. Like the R&B charts were like a mile better. So much better. I don't know. In my opinion. That, that was – right. I, I never even thought of that before. But it was like, man, the suburbs, as soon as someone was like, hey, let's play this 45 I got over in the city. And then they heard it. I bet you they ripped their shirts off and started running around the house. <laughs> it, was, it was like liberation, man. It was so fun. The songs are so much more fun. Yeah, I, like yeah. I, you would have been one of those dudes in the 60s who's like going to like the black clubs in the city rather than, you know, like the sit down country. Yeah, it's nice you of you know, to say that. I, picnic I, area. I, I was 
I think I've always been a gigantic wussy. <laughs> so probably, oh, people are going to notice me. I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm going to just hear about it later. <laughs> All right. So from 1966, Sam and Dave with Hold On. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you got another one from 1966. Okay, yeah, so this is one of just my all-time favorite songs. And I saw it was on the list, and I'm going to have to play it. So it's California Dreaming by the Mamas and Papas. Right. However, I will say, as I was kind of just trying to find out a little bit about it, I knew the Wrecking Crew played on this. Um, and I knew that just because I remember people giving the monkeys a hard time because they were having, like, session mus- musicians. And I remember, like, knowing, like, well, California Dreaming, it was all session players. Like, it wasn't really them. So anyways... That doesn't matter. When the song was first written by John Phillips and Michelle Phillips, they um, they were being sort of uh, looked after by Lou Adler. And he gave this song to this guy called Barry Maguire. Have you ever heard of him? No. Me either. Never heard of Barry Maguire. He did the first version of this song. But uh, John Phillips and Michelle Phillips sing backup on it with the Wrecking Crew. And Lou Adler thought that those guys had such a nice approach with their vocal styling. He took the exact same recording and removed uh, Barry Maguire's vocals. And then he brought in uh, the dude, Denny Doggerty from the Mamas and the Papas, and he sang lead on it. But it's the exact same track. So if you go and listen to Barry Maguire's California Dreaming. Just, just the lead vocals are different? Just the lead vocals. And it is outrageous Like to hear like <laughs> that exact song with this dude, Barry Maguire, singing. Like No offense to Barry Maguire. I'm sure he's great. But when you're expecting... California Dreaming, and he comes on hard. <laughs> he comes on real strong. He's got a really strong take on it where he was trying to do something there, and it's, <laughs> it doesn't really work that well. Old McGuire was putting in the work. Whew. And I just wonder, they were probably like, oh, wow, he's really taking it in a direction we weren't thinking, you know, when they're singing back up on it. So, yeah, it's worth checking out. Like, if you want to hear <laughs> Barry McGuire's version, it's pretty cool. Just because it's so different. Right. Having it's, – it's like karaoke because it's the same exact music. It's like if someone got up and they're like, I'm just going to do like a Frank Sinatra-esque right. drunk thing right. over that Mamas and Papas song. That's what it kind of sounds like. This, there, there are probably some cool lounge versions of this song. This song oh, lends itself to kind of it's like so a – so haunting. Yeah. It's like got a, a dark vibe. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really all in. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought you would have picked a Mamas and the Papas song. I, you are a dirty hippie. Well, I, you know, the first time I heard this song, it was one of those times where I had just stopped what I was doing and I just felt spooky. I love that feeling. And Blood Zeppelin does it sometimes, but the Mamas and Papas do it here. When I when you see videos of the Mamas and Papas, they just look like right. hippies or something. But this is dark. It's a song of longing. The the chord, the, the way they play it is kind of evocative of like sadness or something yeah. oh man i'm into it it's definitely like the precursor to like all the hippie stuff you know yeah, the bangles yeah even. like the bangles definitely internalized this dynamic sure yeah and that was only 15 years later maybe that crazy they were hitting yeah crazy time man it's weird <laughs> all right for 1966 mamas and the papas with california dreaming Right, so I guess it's my turn to talk now. Finally. My turn to pick. Um, <laughs> so this song just it's it's not a song I ever listen to a lot because it's always on old old time radio, mm-hmm. like oldie station, so I listen I've heard it uh, 3000 billion times. But I just love it and until I was maybe maybe I don't know, in my 20s, 
I thought the name of the song was Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog. But oh, from dang. Ni- from 1971, Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Oh, yeah. Um, and when I was a kid, like. <laughs> so fun to sing the song out loud when yeah. you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, I used to love it. Uh, I mean, I do love it. Yeah, me too. And when I was a kid, I, I never really. Like, I, I didn't was, know that's what it was. My eye went right past that song. Yeah. If I had known it was Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog, I would have chosen it too. Yeah. And like as a kid, be like I never would have, or once I started listening to music on my own, I never would have sought out Three Dog Night because I thought they were like uh, the Doobie Brothers, like hair, or like hair metal, like bad sixties <laughs> like hair metal. Yeah, I don't even know what they sound like except for this song. Yeah, what me neither. Do, what else do they have? But it's it's very soulful. This kind of song, like playful and soulful. Yeah. And uh, they, um, I read that they uh, first didn't want to do it. They're like, oh, this is like too silly. Yeah. And then either a producer or somebody was like. No, this is like this is going to be on the radio. This is <laughs> this is like whether you like it or not. Like this will get people to like listen to your band. Yeah. So I think they were kind of embarrassed by it at first because it's like a, it's almost like a child song, like yeah. a song for little kids. Jeremiah hey, was a bullfrog. Um, so I've already really liked it. it. It is a silly song. Uh, when the song hit number one in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in 1971, uh, the songwriter his last name is Axton. I forgot to put his first name down, but. Axton and his mother, May Axton, became the first mother and son to each have written a number one pop single in the rock era. May Axton, his mother, co-wrote Heartbreak Hotel, which was Elvis Presley's first Holy number one. Holy smokes. Yeah. Whoa. So this guy comes from pedigree. Heartbreak Hotel is such a great tune. Yeah. I think this was on – that was on the list, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think probably. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just – I've always liked – since I was a little kid, this song just – like I never would turn – I will never turn this song off. Yeah. And I loathe oldie stations now. Oh, you do? But if I'm scanning through and I hear this song, I'm like... I, I still like oldie stations. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I wish I could... Someone made a playlist. Some rock critic made a playlist of the the a 1980s oldie station from like the Philadelphia area. And I think it was the same station we used to play in my store. I'm not even sure. And it was like 100 songs. Oh, it was like the best playlist. I could listen to it forever. But it's on Spotify, so I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Gosh, if only someone would add you to their account for yeah. $3 a month. Yeah, I wonder if that's probably possible. Oh, we got to find somebody like that. <laughs> uh, so from 1971, from the pop charts, this is Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. So I'm, stick- I'm sticking in the 70s. For a couple more, a couple more. for a strong decade. Yeah. Um, and this is a song. I chose this because... Of the movie, and I, uh, you know, like sometimes when you're a kid, some movies would just be on all the time, and then as soon as we got cable, mm-hmm. there weren't a lot. So like HBO would play the same movies like nonstop, totally. oh, yeah. and uh, I was always a fan, and I couldn't tell you for the life of me anything about this movie now, but I I've probably seen it like 15 times when I was a kid. Okay, uh, but the Chris Christopherson joint Convoy, I've never I've never seen. So it. it's Chris Christopherson and Ali McGraw. And it's about some truckers who are being messed with by the cops. So then they form a convoy and they're like, they won't pull over for the cops. They're going to, I don't know what the whole thing is. It's, it's, it takes place in the Southwest, New Mexico and Arizona. Um, but I just like, when I was a kid, I was, I really loved like truckers. Yeah. I think a lot of kids did back sure. in the seventies or eighties. Yeah, sure. Um, and like, I thought like, oh, I'm going to be a truck driver when I grow up, man, <laughs> because I just want to travel. And these dudes are like the modern day outlaws, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Freedom, man. Yeah. That's totally what I was about. And I was like, man. This it's, especially nice. if it's a movie about like disobeying authority figures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's because it's much, right around, right around all, smoking the bandit That's all a 13 year old really needs yeah. for a premise. 
Yeah, so like they, they talk about uh, the movie coming out in the height of like uh, CB culture, like Smoking the Bandit oh. was right around then and this. Um, but anyways, so I've always liked the song Convoy because it's in the movie. I don't think I know the song. Um, Is this a pop song or a country song? No, a country song? song from 1976. No kidding. By C.W. McCall, but McCall was actually a fictional, like a character co-created and voiced by Bill Freeze along with Chip Davis, who I guess helped with some of the music or something. I don't know okay. either one of them. So it wasn't Chris Christopherson? No, he was just, he acted in the movie. He was just acting. Yeah. Um, Good but actor. Chip Davis later uh, was one of the founders, I think, of Mannheim Steamroller. Oh. So whatever. All right. I'm totally baffled right now. I, I have no idea what this is going to sound like. Yeah. Uh, okay. It became a number one song on both the country and pop charts in the U.S. Oh, so I guess it was on both. Oh, wait a minute. I know this and song. And it's listed... 98th among Rolling Stone Magazine's 100 Greatest Country Songs of All Time. Is this where he's kind of talking? Yeah, there's like a CV, oh, yeah. CV overlay. <laughs> I know this And song. then there's like a cool co- chorus. Convoy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I actually did listen to this when I was going through and just like checking out all the country right. songs. And I skipped right past it. Yeah, it's like... Brick, brick, brick. <laughs> I'm like, skip. Yeah. So I didn't even listen to it. When okay, I, I'm excited to hear it. When I was a little kid, my dad... Uh, our our family vehicle when I was a, a child, well, we you know we had a car, but we also had a van. That so when we'd go anywhere, my dad would drive this van. He drives had no back seats nice. for me and my brother. Yeah, had a bed. Similar. Oh, you had a bed. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. This so like he weird. built he built it in there. So oh. Storage underneath. Uh-huh. A bed. <laughs> so my brother and I would just sit on this bed while they're driving us around. No, bu- no one's buckled in. Yeah. Nothing. But he had a CB. So he'd always just leave it on. So you could he, you'd hear truckers talk all the time. Oh man! And he was a uh, it was a green like a green panel van. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the kind of van you would tell your children to stay yeah, away yeah, from. Don't go near it. Yeah, but it was it was like olive green or not olive green. It was like a kind of a metallic green. <laughs> and his uh, handle was the green machine. Oh. Okay. So if he's like if someone the like, green machine come in, it'd be like one of his buddies from work, you know, and he'd be like, hey, what are you doing or whatever, you know. So he was just, he would just like be on it sometimes, yeah. and he would do like the whole like like over like everything yeah. like it was so i was kind of i think that's what fascinated me like because everyone thinks their dad is the coolest dude ever and so my dad had a cb yeah and he had a handle yeah i was like that's gonna be me so that's kind of why i was into like this kind of culture like the trucking culture yeah no yeah. i mean i i love cbs too when yeah. i was a kid it was so fun we, we i used to drive around the van also with no we had nothing in the back it was like a radio station van uh-huh. and for some reason we had it at our house and I would just – me and my friend Jason and Clint would just be like flying around in the back because my dad and and his buddy Ralph would be drinking and driving, <laughs> right. you know, every weekend. And we would just be like flying around. I just remember like coins and marbles like just rolling yeah. around like and, and just like – there was like a little uh, hump where the tire is uh-huh. so you could like sit on, sit on it yeah, and then fly off of it. <laughs> yeah, like, like my dad – So dangerous. My dad customized his. Like he had like a roof rack on top of it and then we had – like he carpeted the inside. We There's a fridge in there. Wow. The bed, which now looking back on it. Seems a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> but so when He's I was like, like – hey, hey, everybody, I'm leaving for a few days. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. no, don't worry. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go out of town for four days. I'm taking the, <laughs> I'm taking the van. But uh, so when I was a kid, I would stand – I would stand up in the van and kind of hold on to the two the two chairs, right? Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, yeah. and you, you hit a tree, you'd be sailing right yeah, through. Yeah, one time, one time, my mom used to do ceramics, so she had this big like race car. It was like the size of like a small backpack okay. of like a ceramic thing. That and she, she painted. She painted it, and, painted it and, and fired it, and she it was supposed to be for her dad, like a gift for her dad. Okay. And it was it was in between the two seats of the van, and I'm standing back here. 
and my mom hit a dip. I don't go, I don't know going how fast, uh, but fast enough to where I flew up and hit the roof of the van. Uh-huh. And then when I came back down, I landed on it. Uh, and she was mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I got in trouble because I should have been sitting back like on the bed or something. Yeah, you should have been, God forbid, on, been laying on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From 1976, this is C.W. McCall with Convoy. All right, Billy, it's time for your uh, your last pick. All right. So my last pick is from 1977. And it's a great year. Star Wars came out that year. It is a great year. Yeah. yeah. It was the year Carissa was born. Ah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, it was the, that was also the year the guy from Ash was born. Because remember that album? It was 1977. Was? Is that why? I thought, I, I, thought it, I think it was named after Star Wars coming out in 1977. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Because oh, the, first, the first track has the sound of a TIE fighter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at me assuming stuff. Come on. Stuff. Get with the program. Getting it wrong. Well, okay, so this is kind of funny. The guy who uh, sang the song. But it popular, could have been both because he's our age. Yeah, so that's what Ash. I was thinking. Sorry. That's okay, yeah. I I'm it. interrupting you. I, we, I could have, We could look, I, I guess, but I don't really care. Yeah. Um, so this this is kind of funny because the guy who got the number one song with it, uh, here here's a quote about it. I knew it was a hit song even though I didn't like it, and I still don't. So this guy doesn't even like this song. It's Waylon Jennings. Uh, Lukenbach, Texas, Back to the Basics of Love. And the guys wrote this song. It was written by uh, Chips Mormon and Bobby Emmons. Emmons and they uh, wrote it. And they had Willing, or Waylon Jennings' name in the song. So they approached him like, hey, we have a song. We wrote your names in it. And you want to sing it? So he he did. And it's on his album, Old Waylon. And Willie Nelson joins in at the end. It's a good song. I like it. Yeah. I can see why he doesn't love it. But you can't deny the pop sensibilities of this one. It just feels like uh, it's one of those songs where it's like, uh, just take those old records off. You know, it's got that kind of nostalgia is oozing through the song. Right. Waylon Jennings brings a certain bit of grit and authority to it. Like he's really delivering. Yeah. uh, As someone who's kind of wry or something. So it's fun. Yeah. It was uh, last last year when I was in Charlotte, we were prepping to do our country episode. Mm -hmm. And. I was at this like dive bar and they had a bunch of seven inches on the staple, like the covers stapled to the wall. Yeah. And uh, they had the Looking Back Texas single up there. Oh, wow. And I, so, you know, I know the song. It's a good song. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't, I don't love it, but I like it. <laughs> so good enough. All right. Right, so that was from 1977, Waylon Jennings with some Willie Nelson in it. Yeah, my next pick is from my next pick is from 1978. It's Waylon and Willie. Oh, Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. I used to love this song. This is another song that just was playing around my house a lot as a kid. Totally. So it just kind of grew. It was part of me back then. And uh, wasn't there? Am I crazy to think that there was a Muppets version of this? Like, oh, there must have. <laughs> like Kermit the Frog might have sat, <laughs> sang a version of this, or maybe Fog. I never saw it. Yeah, but I believe it. I don't. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's just a great song. Peaked at number one in March 1978. Spent four weeks on top of the country music chart. Charts. Uh, also reached number 42 on the Billboard Hot 100. Won the 1979 Grammy Award for Best Country Performance by a Duo. Uh, and again, it's just. I heard it all the time growing up. Yeah, it's one of those things where these, they're clearly two good friends, and it yeah. feels like it, and it feels good. Like you hear this song, and you're just—it's kind of like on the road again. Both those songs, to me, are so much fun. Yeah, and I've heard it my whole life. I don't remember a time when I didn't hear this song. Like, yeah, I always thought it was cool that they teamed up for 
you know, a couple albums, I think. And then the Outlaws. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I just want to hang out with my friend. And now, like, you reach a point in your careers where you can make decisions that do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And they chose to just hang out and go on tour together and get loaded. And, yeah. like, it's just, it's awesome. Because, like, they could have each done their own tours and, you know, they didn't have to. So, it, this, it, it almost wouldn't happen nowadays where you would get, like, uh, let's get Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodriguez. I think they hate each Everybody's other. Everybody's too busy That's now. That's not a good uh, thing. But... Yeah, you get like the two biggest pop stars in the yeah. world and they're going to just do an album together of yeah. duets. It's like, just too busy. Yeah. But as a kid, and this is, I don't want to, this sounds a little funny, I think probably, but I would hear stories like, you know, my friend Jason, his mom would sort of talk about how they would hang out with Willie Nelson. Like his dad played bass on a couple of his albums or something. So she knew like what kind of weed he smoked back in the day, like that kind of thing. And it was, I was like, whoa, so you know him you know that was kind of like a, oh that's so neat and my mom i uh, used to do this like a uh, radio show and one time it was at a, a country music convention so she loves to tell this story that uh Waylon jennings would come down every evening and bring her a bloody mary on her show he would just walk over talk to her for a few minutes and give her a bloody mary and then like split she she always talks that's about awesome it. it is pretty Dude, awesome i would tell that story non-stop i, I just, would get a t-shirt that said Waylon jennings brings me bloody marys <laughs> Yeah, I guess that is kind of a cool, cool little yeah. story. Uh, yeah, she yeah. she loves it. That's cool. It's cool that your parents kind of have that that experience. Yeah, you know? I mean, maybe it's it wasn't the, maybe it wasn't like the best atmosphere for you to grow up in. Probably not. But it seems like it was <laughs> awesome for them. Yeah, and it is. It, it definitely humanized that. Like someone like Wailing Jennings, I always just felt like not that he was a member of the family, but because I knew my parents knew him. It made it more real. Right. Like, oh, this is something that like yeah. a normal person. That's not because sometimes you see like when you saw Michael Jackson on TV, it felt like maybe some supernatural thing was happening. Right. But Will and Jennings is just like a dude who liked to drink beers. Yeah. It's like, um, <laughs> you know, like some. Now I'm saying like all the time. I know. I got to stop What's saying happening, like. man? Cody, I, I was going to write it down. I was going to put a sign. Please don't say like today because it's really killing me. <laughs> I can't stop saying like all the time. So... But it, it it it's it's when I watch a like a comic book movie or a comic book show, uh-huh. and like I can lean over and tell like my kids or whatever, be like, oh, I know the guy who created that character, or like when that they do when they, when they do the thanks in the back of the totally. the Marvel movies, they have the thanks like, oh, I know that guy, or I've had drinks with that guy, or you know, like so cool, yeah, like so I, it's I really, kind of, it's kind of like that. It's like your parents. I love that stuff. It's like your parents kind of having like a mental Rolodex with Waylon Jennings in it. You know, yeah, that's it, just just it's cool. It does it does be like oh, so I. Like, I've seen that guy, like, just drink a Miller Lite. Right. Like, the guy who created this big blockbuster franchise or whatever. It's it, Yeah, it humanizes everything, and it's just kind of neat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, from 19... Did we play the song yet? No. I don't think so. From 1978, Waylon and Willie, Mamas, Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up To Be Cowboys. Don't do it. All right. So, I'm going to close out with two big hits. Awesome. And and more stuff that that we were listening to, when maybe when we were like ten or eleven or twelve, getting into getting into the music we were going to get into. Yeah, you know, this is like uh like from nineteen eighty, uh, Blondie's "Call Me." This would have been so like this, this would have been like easing into like new wave and alternative and yeah. college radio. Yeah, because it's it is it's like got the pop sheen. There's the word like again. Damn it, <laughs> pop sheen is there. It's very poppy production. Perfect, crystalline, maybe, but still has that punk vibe. Yeah. Do you, this, so I found this interesting in my notes. It was written for the film American Gigolo. 
Mm. It is the theme song to American Gigolo. Wow. And the music was not com- the music was not written by the band. The music was written by the composer for the movie Giorgio Moroder, who's an Italian disco producer. Wow, yeah. So he wrote the music and then I I forgot who they wanted first. They wanted another female singer and she passed on it. I, I didn't I didn't put that in my notes. I forgot. But then they reached out to Debbie Harry. And so basically she wrote lyrics to go with the music that was already done. What? So it's essentially Debbie Harry and this Italian composer guy. But then obviously it becomes one of Blondie's like biggest hits. So wait a minute, on the Blondie album, is it is it the bon, is it the band playing? I don't I have no idea. What? Yeah. Cody. <laughs> I wanna know. <laughs> I assume it is. I assume they re-recorded it for when they okay. released it on their own album. Okay, because yeah, I only know the version on the Blondie album. Right. Like I, it doesn't even seem like a Blondie song should be on the soundtrack to American Gigolo. So Merit Women, American Gigolo, he's a prostitute. Yeah, maybe I've never seen it all the way through. I've just seen clips, I guess. Yeah, you can look it up while we listen to Blondie's hit from <laughs> 1980. Call me. So I have one more track, but before I get to it, did you have stuff you thought you were going to pull but didn't? Like, did you have any runners up? Nah. Yeah, I had a... I I stopped right away. Am I perfect? I thought about going with Folsom Prison Blues, but I think we've played that before. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And then also Hey Jude, 1968. But then I thought, like, that's been done to death. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Beatles more in the future. So they didn't make the cut. Yeah, there were other songs I liked and stuff. I just... Right. All right, so uh, before our last track, uh, you guys can uh, email us at oytgpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at oytgpod. And uh, yeah, we hope you like – I mean, again, one of my kids told me once, maybe you should play popular music on your podcast. Now you wanted it, you got it, That's right. This is all for you, Aiden. Yeah, Aiden. If I don't have – if I talk to you next week and you haven't listened to this episode, Mm -hmm. you're grounded. <laughs> All right, so for nineteen eighty four, I thought this would one. I thought this would be one, especially because we cut off at eighty four, yeah. so it just kind of became like a you got to look at eighty four a lot yeah, for sure. I thought that you would you would pick when doves cry. I thought that's where we would double up. I I definitely thought about it. I yeah. just didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the Purple Rain album is one of those perfect albums. Stellar. Yeah. Uh, so ranked number thirty seven on Rolling Stone's list of the five hundred greatest songs of all time. The interesting thing I, I learned was apparently he wrote this song in one night after every other track for Purple Rain was done, and they said, we want one more song or whatever. So he just went home and came back the next day with a completed, finished version of When Doves Cry, uh, where he played, he uh, in addition to doing the vocals, he played all the instruments on the track yeah. when it was recorded. Wow. Uh, Spin Magazine ranked it as the number six song of all time. Mm-hmm. You know what else is fun to listen for here in this song? There's no bass. Yeah, the, so. uh, I guess they're at one point when they play it live, a guy does drop a bass line into it. Mm-hmm. And, and apparently, there was a bass line. Apparently, they and, did and record he, it with he, a bass line and they Prince, cut it. Prince took it. Yeah. Right yeah. See, that was Which is that very unusual in my notes, for a, a song like this because bass is usually so prominent and important. Right. I, I don't think I noticed. I know for a fact I didn't notice there was no bass until someone pointed it out to me. Yeah. That's how you know it's such a good song. <laughs> But yeah. also, when you when I listen to music, I don't specifically listen for the bass line. Mm. But I think you would... I think I, I listen for the bass line yeah. a lot of times, usually. Yeah, so I mean, there's really not much else to say. It's an amazing song. Incredible. That yeah. album is so good, and it's it really crystallizes that time. Like, 1984 was so much excitement over that Purple Rain movie and right. the album. And um, I remember my friend Jason had the record, and you could play part of it backwards. That was one of the first times I had ever actually experienced that. It's kind of weird. Yeah. 
It was great. Yeah, 84. I feel, I feel like the mid-80s was such a high point for, like, New Wave was popping off. Yeah. Uh, you had, like, Cindy Lauper. You had the Go-Go's. You had Prince. You had the Bangles. You had so much cool stuff happening in the mid-80s. Totally. That, you know, must have been what our parents were listening to. Like, what, what they had in the 60s. Stuff that just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's like that's 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 my problem with oldies radio, Bill. What is it? They still play stuff from the '60s. Oldies radio should now be stuff from the '80s. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy, and or even the '90s, right? Yeah. So one of the stations, uh, a station uh, here in Phoenix, or maybe it's it's more north. Uh, my dad listens to it a lot, and, and he lives near Prescott, and uh, they play from the '60s through the '90s. So oh, it's, like, it's cool. like an oldie station, but they play like that wide area. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. thing to choose from. Yeah. Yeah, you get very different. You know, you play a Nirvana song and follow it up with like a Beatles track or, yeah. you know, the Mamas and the Papas or something, you know? Totally. Um, but yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this was fun, Cody. This was, this was, was a good idea. More, more this is Cody's idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, sure. Well, the yeah, I, I would have never thought of doing this. Right. I, th- I think it was great. I just you, thought, it was e- to do I, it. I thought it was easy. I thought it would be easy research. It was kind of easy. Yeah. You know, in, in some ways. Right. But I had to listen to a bunch of stuff that I might not. Normally, I'm like just thinking. Right. Oh, that, that. You know. Right. Anyways. I wish we had a YouTube show to see people. You could, you, you just acted it out. Yeah, I did. You mined it, it out. out. That was my name. From 1984, this is Prince, When Doves Cry. Mm-hmm.